Section four of Buff, a Collie, and Other Dog Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Buff, a Collie, and Other Dog Stories by Albert Payson Terhune. Buff, a Collie, The Hunt is Up, Part Two. Early the following morning, Michael Trent set off down the same yellow road toward Boone Lake for the monthly market day but the patch of road directly in front of him was no longer yellow it was filled with jogging and tossing billows of grayish white forty sheep consigned to the market were moving in close formation in front of their staff swinging master for one reason alone did they keep this close formation or indeed keep to the narrow road at all that one reason was buff the collie with calm generalship was herding and driving them and he was doing it to such perfection as to make trent's rear-guard task a sinecure for more than thirty months now buff had been the lonely trent's closest chum and almost his only companion with true collie efficiency the dog had learned his hard and confusing farm lessons from the master who never lost his temper with him and who never dealt unjustly by him the bond between the two had sharpened and increased buff's naturally human tendencies and had brought out in him the great soul and uncanny brain wherewith nature had endowed him a one-man dog he idolized trent and served him with joyous zeal trent and buff guided their woolly charges through the single winding street of boone lake now beginning to fill with market-day traffic and on to the fenced-in market square there they herded the forty silly sheep in one corner of the livestock enclosure a rod or two distant from a second and much larger flock the owner of this second flock a drover named bain had no dog to reinforce his shepherding instead three of his hired men were busily running and shouting along the wobbly borders of the hemmed-in flock trent observed that they were not keeping their sheep in the best order and that they seemed to be wilfully exciting instead of calming the big flock at this he wondered even as he had wondered when these same shepherds had been equally awkward at two former market days days whereon trent himself had had no sheep to sell he had heard rumours odd unconfirmed gossip about this bain's methods and when he was not watching the antics of the three clumsy shepherds he observed bain's craggy and shifty-eyed face with covert interest a half-hour later as a third huddle of sheep were driven into the enclosure there was a new commotion among bain's flock all three shepherds dashed into the jostling mass as in an effort to calm the pestered beasts instead the noisy move stampeded the entire flock they scattered broadcast through the entire enclosure the new arrival saw the panic he jumped ahead of his own bunch of sheep as they were filing in and drove them precipitately out of the square standing at the opening to see that none of bain's stampeding flock should follow thus by rare presence of mind and perhaps having also had experience with bain he avoided any chance of his sheep mingling with the runaways michael trent was less fortunate full tilt into the very midst of his orderly flock charged some fifty of bain's stampeders a shepherd at their heels yelling to them to stop the shepherd's voice and excitement had merely the effect of urging them on trent watching wondered wrathfully why so stupid a man should be placed in charge of any market consignment ragged and lean were the newcomers of mixed blood and in bad condition as was the way with bain's livestock they were not to be compared to trent's fine merinos either in blood or in condition assuredly not in value into and through the trent flock swarmed the invaders in ten seconds the two flocks were inextricably intertangled in vain did buff seek to restore order he could do nothing against three men 
four now for bane had joined the bedlam whose yells and crazy rushes frustrated his every move the dog looked up in angry bewilderment at trent mutely begging for advice as to how the snarl might be straightened out but trent did not see the appealing glance his mind and his eyes were too completely taken up staring at bane and the latter's three men for in a flash the quartet had changed from impotently roaring and running idiots to swiftly certain and efficient shepherds with splendid skill and speed they were quelling the stampede separating the two flocks and driving their own sheep to their allotted corner of the enclosure their command of the situation was something to admire presently the bain flock was in place orderly and safe with two shepherds in front of it to prevent further panic flight trent glanced back at his own flock attracted to them by a sudden stir among the forty buff leaving his master had plunged into the flock and was busily at work but for what purpose trent could not guess then almost at once he was out of the compact flock again driving in front of him six sheep which he detached from the remaining thirty-four and sent helter-skelter out into the middle of the square still wondering if his wise dog had lost his wits trent chanced to take special note of the six sheep as they hurtled past him and his face went blank the six were dirty thin undersized sparse of wool they were as different from his own plump flock as a scavenger horse from a derby winner before trent could speak or move buff had deserted the six ragged specimens leaving them bleating forlornly in the centre of the square and he had bounded straight at bane's close-huddled flock at one leap he was on the backs of the sheep which formed the outer wall of the mass he did not even waste time to plough through their tight-held front rank over their backs he ran and on until he vanished into the milling sea of wool then while bane and his three shepherds still shouted in uncomprehending dismay the dog appeared again on one edge of the flock moving slowly by reason of the press around and ahead of him he emerged from the bunch driving two sheep fat they were and of heavy wool undoubtedly merinos both across the narrow space buff headed them and drove them into his master's flock then on the instant he was in the bane flock again running once more over the scared backs of many sheep and dropping to earth in the middle of the throng a second time he emerged from the huddle again with two fat and woolly merinos ahead of him eluding bane who rushed down on him with staff upraised buff galloped the two into his master's corner and was back again without pausing in front of bane's flock but this time his self-imposed job was no sinecure bane and the three shepherds had shaken off their amaze and were ready for him shouting and threatening they advanced on the eager dog trent leaving his sheep in care of an official from the market sprang to buff's aid but the dog did not wait for him instead the collie made a growling dash at bane's booted legs bane jumped aside to guard his endangered shank and smote at the attacking collie with his staff the blow did not land buff was no longer there eluding the swung cudgel with wolfish agility he darted into the gap in the line the gap made by bane's sideways jump and was at the fiercely guarded flock once more as buff reappeared after an interval with another pair of sheep herded ahead of him bane and the shepherds were waiting for him but so was trent a shepherd made a lunging rush at the two salvaged sheep bane aimed a murderous blow at the dog trent with ludicrous ease tripped the awkwardly charging shepherd and sent him a sprawl on the ground trent's staff met the descending stick of bane and the latter's weapon was shattered by the impact in practically the same gesture trent leaped between the dog and the two remaining shepherds menacing them with staff and voice and holding them in check while the collie cantered the rescued sheep back into trent's flock bane swearing and mouthing strode in pursuit he was met by a crouching collie who faced him with an expression that looked like a smile and which was not a smile bane hesitated whirling on the tranquil trent your cur's stolen six of my sheep he thundered in righteous indignation i'll no you won't mr bane 
gently contradicted Trent, his pleasant voice slow and drawling. Stop a second and cool off, and you'll let the matter drop. You'll let it go as a mistake of your men's in separating the two flocks. Men often make mistakes, you know. Buff never does. There are six sheep straying over yonder, six thin, cross-bred sheep. Not merinos. They are yours. I tell you, spluttered Bane, though visibly uneasy at Trent's manner, and at the crowd that was collecting three deep around them. No, intervened Trent. Don't tell me, Mr. Bane. Don't bother to. I see it was a mistake, just as you're beginning to see it. There is no sin in a mistake, though there's always sure to be a mistake in a sin. My sheep are safe, so are yours. Let the matter drop. I've seen stampedes of your flocks before, and I've heard of them, too. This time no harm's done. That's all, I think. I'll get a court order for my sheep, your cur run off, flared Bane in a last rally, and he turned to his shepherds, commanding, Here, boys, go and get them sheep you run into that bunch. Get em. Speaking of court orders, said Trent, still in the same cool, slow tones of indifference, and interposing his own lithe body beside the bristling buffs to the hesitant advance of the shepherds, when you get yours, be sure to tell the judge that I'm ready to show him the secret mark on each and every one of my sheep, to prove they're mine. Now, if your men care to keep on edging toward my flock, Buff and I will try to entertain them as best we can till the police come up. Bane glowered horribly into the smilingly level eyes that met his glare so tranquilly. Then, with a grunt, he turned back to his own corner, the three shepherds trailing after him. Behind his calm exterior, Michael Trent drew a long breath of relief. These forty sheep of his were culled from the two new flocks he had so recently purchased. None of them bore a mark. The only secret mark on them was Buff's unerring knowledge of their identity. Trent stooped and petted the collie lovingly on the head and stroked the massive ruff. "'That's how Mr. Bane makes money, old man,' he whispered. "'One of his several hundred ways. We couldn't have proved he didn't have six fat merinos in that mangy bunch of sheep, and his shepherds would have sworn to them.' Figure out the price difference between six of our best sheep and six of Bane's scarecrows, and you'll know to a penny how much cash you save me today, Buff. The collie did not get the sense of one word in five, but he realized he had somehow made Trent very proud of him, and that he was being praised. So for a moment he forgot to be stately and aloof. He wagged his tail wildly and caught Trent's caressing hand between his mighty jaws in well-simulated savageness, pretending to bite it ferociously, while not exerting the pressure of a fraction of an ounce which was one of Buff's many good modes of showing affection for the pleasant-voiced man who was his master and his god. Dusk had fallen when Trent and Buff turned in at the gate of the silent farmhouse. The day had been prosperous. The Merinos had brought a well-nigh record price, the whole forty having been bought by an up-country stock farm man. Thus, Trent's investment in them had turned into an unexpectedly quick and large profit. Also, he had been congratulated by a dozen fellow sheep-raisers on his victory over Bain. He had banked his market check, the Boone Lake Bank remaining open until seven in the evening on market days, and had spent a blissful half-hour on the Hammerton porch with Ruth on the way home. Now, comfortably tired and buoyed by an equally comfortable sense of well-being, he lounged up the short path leading from the road to his house. As he reached the fence-gate, he had bidden Buff fetch the cows from their upland pasturage and drive them to the barn. He himself went around to the side door for the milk-pails that were kept in the kitchen during the day. He unlocked and opened the door and stepped in. As he did so, a bag was thrown over his head and the upper part of his body, a bag whose bottom was soaked in something that smelt like crushed apples. A rope was flung about his arms at the same moment, and its noose ran tight. Vainly, Trent stamped and writhed to free himself. 
his wiry strength was pinioned and cramped by the noose and the impeding bag more of the apple-smelling liquid was dashed into his face through the sack's loose meshes then as he still struggled and choked something crashed down upon his skull buff trotted obediently across the road toward the hill pasture like his master buff had had a happy and busy day he had been praised much and petted much by trent and had had a truly marvellous dinner at the boone lake hotel he was complacently at peace with the world then all at once he was not at peace with anything for far behind him he heard the noise of scuffling feet and of a loud choking gasp and his weird sixth sense told him his master was in trouble wheeling he set off for the house at a tearing run excited as he was he was aware of a strange and vaguely remembered foot scent as he whirled in through the gate and up the path his faint memory of the scent was hostile he could not remember why at a bound he reached the open kitchen door trent was lying inert and crumpled on the floor two men were bending over him and as he charged buff caught their scent like a rabid wolf he hurled himself upon the nearest of the men his teeth closed in hagen's shoulder with the bone-crushing grip of his pit-terrier ancestors at the same moment gates drew a pistol and fired point-blank at the leaping dog buff's muscles collapsed he slumped to the floor and lay lifelessly across the body of his master what did you shoot for you chucklehead panted hagen nursing his rent shoulder want to bring all boone lake down on us only way to get him retorted gates he'd a chewed us both into hamburg steak if i hadn't quickly and deftly the two worked first assuring themselves that no one had heard the shot they went through the house and through trent's clothes then their loot gathered they carried it to the barn and stowed it in trent's new car after which under cover of darkness and carrying trent between them they loaded their victim into the tonneau covering him with a blanket then while hagen groaningly and laboriously cleaned away the tell-tale blood spots and other marks of struggle gates scowled down at the motionless huddle of tawny soft fur gotta lug him along with us too i s'pose he grunted can't leave him here get a stone commanded hagen a big one tie it around his neck and then drop him down the well gates groped around the steps until he found one of the old-time door stones and in another minute or so this was firmly affixed to buff's collar by a stout rope as gates picked up the heavy dog and carried him puffingly to the well the telephone bell rung tossing dog and stone over the well curb gates bolted for the house in sudden fright hagen had already gone into the hall and was lifting the instrument from its table hallo he grunted in a stifled voice as he motioned gates to silence his face cleared and he made answer to the query at the far end yep this is michael trent yes no i won't be here nope i'm just starting off on a motor trip up country i may go a couple of thousand miles before i get back maybe i won't ever come back i'm dead sick of this hole yep good-bye he hung up the receiver corking good alibi he chuckled gleefully some feller that trent sold some sheep to to-day don't seem to know trent well didn't suspicion the voice now when trent and his car are missing nobody'll ask nosy questions come along they hurried to the barn backed the laden car out and drove away into the night not for some minutes did buff recover consciousness from the bullet graze that had wrapped his skull so hard as to stun him and to gash the silken fur above his eye he woke in decided discomfort his head was still in dire pain and he was fastened securely in one spot when michael trent had had his farm drinking water tested a year earlier he had learned that the well showed strong traces of stable drainage wherefore the well had been filled up to within two yards of the surface and a new well had been dug on higher ground behind the house thus it was that buff woke to find himself sprawling on a pile of rubble with a short rope attaching him to a large stone indignantly the collie set to work gnawing the rope in two this accomplished he got dizzily to his feet 
a rush and a scramble and he was up the stone-lined wall of the well and on firm ground above straight to the house he ran his teeth gleaming his ruff a bristle at the kitchen door he halted the door was shut he could not get in but his scent told him that trent was no longer there his scent told him more much more it confirmed his memory of his master's two assailants and stamped their odour forever in his mind their steps led him to the barn whither they carried trent the senseless man's clothing had brushed the lintel of the barn door as they had lifted him into the car buff looked wildly about him sniffing the air his tense brain telling him much then a red light began to smoulder in his deep-set eyes out into the high road he dashed not running now like a collie but like a timber wolf as he ran he paused but once and then he waited only long enough to throw his head aloft and shatter the night silences with a howl as hideous and discordant as it was ear-splitting a mile away a drowsy farmer dropped his weekly paper with a shiver if i was back on the frontier he mused to his startled wife i'd say that that was a mad wolf a howlin and i'd say the hunt was up end of section four